0: morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to episode 240 of the player player podcast before we get started i want to give a big thank you to the both old and new additions to our crew tuning in to listen to us do what we do and what's that luke do you know the answer to this question talk about video games that's right talk about video games every thursday every week we gather around the virtual water cooler to discuss video games and the culture surrounding them i'm your host joseph hooper aka the Hoop man along with my co-host the not hot not cold, but actually lukewarm Luke Lewis. How's it going, my friend?
1: What's up, Joseph? Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Happy to have you. So uh, as everyone knows, our sin, dealing with a baby. uh, So I had to find a replacement. And Luke knows the show well, been on a couple times. And now we're here to talk about a little bit of documentary action, all right? A little bit of documentary action. But before we do that, I do want to start off by shouting out Steam Next Fest. all right? Steam Next Fest, if the people don't know, is a, like, week-long event that Steam does where it tries to highlight indie games by encouraging indie developers to release demos for their games. Uh, and this has been going on for, I think, maybe three years now, um, but I first uh, basically cared about it once i got a steam deck and i was like oh steam Fest! let me try this out and i ended up finding a lot of really really cool games uh last fall so of course this uh this february i was very excited to see when they see that they were bringing it back and i played a lot of cool demos luke have you ever participated in steam next fest
1: yeah i played quite a bit of games in the fall um i unfortunately wasn't able to jump on the train for this february one i was kind of keeping an eye on what folks were recommending and wishlisting some things based on trailers but seemed like a really cool amount of games i will say it seemed like a fair number of the games that were like getting a lot of recognition were indies i kind of already had on my radar whether it's Mm -hmm. the mean of the hollowers or planet of or not mean of the Hollower. i'm sorry i meant um totally blank Min- minico's night market that was oh yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the other um mm game and then um planet of lana is another one that i saw a lot of folks gushing about that we both got a chance to play at pax um but i'm excited yeah. more folks are, are playing that cool demo for sure
0: yeah like uh i think a lot of the games this probably would have been a more impactful uh, steam next Fest if like you said we hadn't played a lot of uh, the games at PAX, like Dustin neon was there, which I played yeah. at the like Rogue games booth. Benedict Fox also was, uh, available as a demo. Uh, but I do want to highlight a couple games. Now, if For you guys sure. go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at sign can't pause. I did release a video earlier this week talking about like my top 10, uh, favorite Indies. So go watch that video, regardless of what I'm about to say here, even though I'm about, I repeat some stuff that's in the video. Um, I, but I do want to shout out a handful of really sick games that I enjoyed. Um, one is called Radio the Universe, uh, and this game was very odd. It had strong Signalis vibes, which if you've played Signalis, you know like the story is given to you like purposely confusing and sporadic and kind of wild and this game was the same way where you're just seeing cutscenes and you're like I don't know what's going on I don't know where I am I don't know what I'm doing but it had a really cool adventure and uh, had a cool adventure-y feeling vibe and I felt like the combat although it wasn't very sophisticated it was pretty cool so it's basically an adventure RPG and you're walking around like this dystopian looking futuristic sci-fi world and you're fighting robots and whatnot and it seems pretty cool it seems like uh whoever made the game actually i think the name of the developer is 6e6e6e uh but um i really it really looks like they had a really strong vision for this world and they have like a lot of secrets and a fun story to tell so i'm very excited about the reception of this game when it comes out this could definitely be a game where it's like oh yeah we're just going way too hard on the story and it ends up confusing everybody and turning people off um or it could be one prime to be a cult classic i don't know it seemed really cool so nice uh, that's awesome that was radio the universe uh bleak sword dx is a game from devolver um, oh, cool. pixel art style Uh, and the whole game takes place on like this little square it's like a i don't know 10 by 10 i want to say pixel but that's not right like 10 by 10 foot square or something i don't know Um, foot is not the right word either but basically it's this really weird square and it has like a little environment built on this square and there's basically just darkness around the edges, so it kind of looks like there's a floating plat- platform in the middle of this screen that you play on, and you basically just kind of fight and kill enemies, and it looks like they do some pretty interesting stuff with that limited amount of space in terms of like setting and and combat and stuff. So that's another one where I'm like, whoa, this is a devolver game that looks really sick, and I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, and of course, I told Arson about this game last, like offline. And he's like, oh, yeah, I played that game. Like, I played this game. It was a a mobile game, and I have already played it. So, of course, Arsene. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're they're migrating it from the App Store. It was on Apple Arcade, apparently, and they're migrating it to PC. uh, And I think Switch as well, Uh, which is really cool to see. Uh, It's really cool to see, like, a mobile concept, you know, translate so well to consoles. Um, And, of course, Arsene has played it before because he's played every obscure game.
1: I guess it makes sense that it was a mobile game. You were mentioning like kind of the scale and the use of like small spaces. So mm-hmm, I bet mm-hmm. it's a good Steam Deck Steam Deck one to check out.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That was a big part because I played all of these demos on Steam Deck as well. There were a couple of demos nice. like Benedict Fox that were not running well on my Steam Deck. So oh, as interesting. To, I sadly cannot play this. Um, so I'll probably wait until it comes to Series X and play it there. Sure.
1: That feels like um, a play on a TV experience with yeah. headphones but yeah, i i bet agreed. it at launch it'll probably maybe be better optimized
0: yeah especially because this is we're talking about a demo here and i'm a sure developer probably didn't have time to make a steam deck optimized so i hope i hope it is better for sure for the sure. steam deck owners once it drops um and then the last game i wanted to shout out was called shadows of doubt uh it was like an immersive detective sim so like All of the, the environment kind of looks like Minecraft, uh, like characters look like Minecraft, um, in terms of like really over-exaggerated pixely, like characters, but you can still make out features and stuff and there's legit buildings you can walk into, but it's, I thought it was really, really cool how much freedom they gave you as a detective. Like I literally felt like I was in CSI- Oh, whoa! or law and order or whatever, where it's like, okay, like you have a note under your door and you pick up the note and you read it and it says, go to this location and investigate this. So you literally put this location on your map and it gives you a little pointer. It's not like you pull out a map and it has a line directly where it's just an arrow. So you just walk out of your house, go down the elevator. Uh, This is all like nothing, no loading screens or anything and you're following this arrow until you eventually reach a door. And it's like, oh, weird. Door's not just unlocked, you have to find a way in. You can either bust the door out, uh, bust the door down, like get in through the vents or something. Or they were like, sometimes a lot of people will leave their keys under their doormat. So I picked up the Mm. doormat. There's a key under there, unlock it, get in. And then there's just a dead body there. Uh, And there's blood everywhere. And of course it's Minecraft, so it doesn't look as crazy but sure. you like investigate the body, see like the cause of death, see how long ago they died. You have a fingerprint scanner. So I was like going around the house and like you find the dead body. So you're like, okay, this is their fingerprint. And then you start seeing, Oh, fingerprint set B. There's a second set of fingerprints. So somebody has been touching the, this different part of the house. Somebody's touched the safe. Um, and you can like, check the phone logs you're like oh somebody called this person three hours ago like one hour before they died. like it's so crazy how detailed this game gets um and it was really fun like i had so much fun just within i think i played it for like an hour and like i had fun collecting evidence from the crime scene like uh the person who called them like i i found their apartment and i was like knocking on the door and i tried to question them and they were just like cold to me and they closed oh, the whoa. door in my face and they wouldn't like I couldn't like get any information out of them so then I had to find another route like it was it's just so crazy the steps it you could It sounds like through. there's a
1: lot of depth that's that's really cool is, yeah, is there like, like a through line narrative that you could like gleam, or is that more of like a kind of know over time as you play more
0: Yeah I think it's probably a know over time as you play more thing like I'm very curious to see I can very much see this game being an uh, anthology-type deal where it's like, sure. hey, there's a handful of crimes and you can do what you need to to figure out how to, who was who the murderer. Or mm-hmm. it might be kind of this thing where it's like, okay, there are these set crimes that kind of build up to this bigger story. I don't know. Sure. But I like the uh, setup, though. Sounds cool. Yeah, it was very, very sophisticated and definitely looking at the art style, did not expect it to be as deep sure as yeah it was so. what was the name of that um, one again uh shadows of doubt shadows of
1: doubt okay
0: yeah so that was Let's going check that one out. i played it on steam deck but i did plug in a mouse and keyboard so i don't even know if like you can how easy it would be to play with a controller or if you can but uh yeah really cool game really cool game nice um so everybody Next time Steam Next Fest comes out, I think in a couple months. Go check it out. Anyways, something else happened this week in the, in the world of video game news. A documentary dropped. And Luke, you posted this in our little Discord channel we have, or our little Discord group. Never been Tell so excited
1: for a documentary to, to How'd come out. How did you find out about this? Um, I forget who tweeted about it, but someone, a mutual that I follow, posted about it, but essentially... Double Fine put out Shadow Drop this past, as of this recording last Friday, um, a 32-part documentary on the making of Psychonauts 2. Um, Mm -hmm. There was over 5,000 hours of footage they filmed across seven years. It is edited down to, I believe, about 22 hours across the 32 episodes. I'm, I think, about seven or eight episodes in right now, Um, Mm -hmm. but what a time this is it's it's incredible for anyone who enjoyed i was a big fan of the double fine adventure documentary that they did for broken age their adventure title and the development through that one and i would say this is even more in depth just in terms of like it kicks off with footage of the development of psychonauts one and interviews developers and designers and publishing partners and people all all along the journey and it's just like it's crazy to watch like such in in in-depth insight into the creative process like they don't cut anything it's like the i don't want to say the most real documentary because documentaries are supposed to be real but it feels very like curtain pulled back they're not holding Mm -hmm. back anything they're not like oh the cameras are on we can't talk about that like they're talking about it so Mm -hmm. i i'm i've been enjoying it a lot what do you think so far
0: yeah, everything you said. This is absolutely incredible. I think this is probably going to be one of the best pieces of like media involving game, the game industry. Period. Like there are some really good video game documentaries out there. King of Kong is definitely one, which is For just sure. the wackiest documentary. Um, no Clip obviously has a ton of great documentaries out there, but yeah, this takes it to another level where. For one, Psychonauts 2 was, I'm pretty sure, my game of the year that year it came out. I loved that game. And I think it didn't get the recognition it deserved at the time for how great of a platformer slash collectathon it was. Um and to see the process from start to finish uh of making that game is so insane. Like it gives you such a different appreciation for what it took to pull this game together. And I also think it showcases how hard it is to make games where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This game that you didn't like this one aspect of. So you're like, oh yeah, this game is a seven or eight, or it's not that good. It's like to get to that point where you can rate this an eight is so hard because like just to get these few mechanics to be fun is crazy. So yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been very eye opening and enjoyable. Um, so you said you stopped at episode seven or eight. So like how what have you seen so far? Like what episode did so, you So
1: the last episode I saw, they just hired the lead designer for the project mm-hmm. and he's working directly with with tim Schaefer, and they're doing a lot of like narrative brainstorming and they got this giant wall of like post-it notes and story ideas and they're moving shit around and um i think he just finished the draft of the the script so they like just landed on like what the ending is gonna be and like kind of the arc of the the main villain in the game um Mm -hmm. which can we go full spoilers on Psycho nuts 2 at this point for folks? Yeah, what's the, yeah. What's the... Okay.
0: I mean, as, as necessary, as necessary. Okay, I
1: I won't, like, blatantly... but I won't say anything but about the ending just because, like... But that was a cool moment to see, like you mm-hmm. were saying. And I think what's been really striking in the seven or eight episodes I've watched is that, like, it's really cool how, like, each programmer or designer or artist is becoming like a character in a show I'm watching and like we're learning more about these people we're growing with them it's like um I'm I'm blanking on names cause I, there's just so many people it's hard to keep track of, mm-hmm. but like the story of like the, the woman who was hired as an intern who then started yes. to throw out ideas and design meetings, who then became a concept artist at double fine and was like one of the yeah. lead concept artists on psychonauts too. And stories like that of like, it's really cool to get an insight into like double finds company culture of like how mm-hmm. they brainstorm as a team and they bring everybody in and they do like their like art jam where they have like, everybody just comes and talks about the game and then all the artists just like go away to their corners and just like draw concept art. Like Mm -hmm. it's such like a, on the surface, like you think such a creative studio led by like an industry legend, resident crazy person in a good way, Tim (laughs) Schaefer. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool if any of any studio, it would be one that I, I love that we're getting this like in-depth look into their process.
0: Yeah. It's very, very interesting. It's very cool to, and, I think what you said about like the people becoming characters is like such a great Testament to the like culture at double fine. Uh, Because even like hearing them talk about like uh, planning psychonauts 2 they're like, Hey, like there's something that we really want to do here where we don't want to just make a video game. Like we want to like do things that have never been done in a game before. We want to present levels in a way that, make the player just go, wow, like, this is crazy. I would have never thought about this for every single level. Um, And I remember the very first episode in the documentary is basically a crash course uh, into what it took to launch Psychonauts 1. And there's a point where, like, Tim is talking about, like, one of the lead art designers on Psychonauts 1. And how he met this guy and he was doing kind of like abstract or fine art. And he was like, whoa, like I've never seen these characters in a video game before. Like I would love to see this in a video game. And the way they talked about their art style where they're like, I want Psychonauts to be kind of a reflection of fine art and not like just like your regular characters. Which is so fun to me because I think one of the main criticisms people had of like Psychonauts 2 even as it came out and like such a modern time it's like oh these characters are ugly but i think there's like a certain appreciation you can have for it like if you can get past that like there's a lot of cool things that yeah like uh they're doing with the the art design and stuff
1: and the the episode i i referenced where they did the art jam to your point there's um one of the kind of veteran artists is showing the newer members of the team, like what is psychonauts? Like what's the style of the game? Mm -hmm. And so he does an example where he draws like a simple, like rectangular box that looks totally Mm -hmm. normal. And then next to it, he draws one where the sides are like kind of fucked up and one's like longer than the other side. So it's not perpendicular and stuff like that. He's like, that's Mm -hmm. how you make it psychonauts. And then when he showed the example side by side, it's like, holy shit, that is psychonauts. (laughs) Like, it's just like, it's fun kind of nerding out about like, I, you know, I, I'm not a game (laughs) designer. I don't work in that field, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's cool to understand their process and how they like approach something so like abstract and like establish this like universal language across their team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I think they also do a great job at like even you know outside of the cultural aspect, just talking about like the business aspect of like what yeah. it's like for an independent studio. Um, and like there's always like this constant race, like when you're an indie, uh, developer. Uh, because in the first episode it's an insane story of like psychonauts being made microsoft being like hey like we we like this we want to we want to make this game like we're just now launching xbox and we want to you know publish this game as a as a game on xbox and the lead at the time uh, of xbox the phil spencer of the time Freeze, i believe at freeze yeah yeah. at freeze leaves and the part like they're like microsoft tells them hey nothing's gonna change like you know ed freeze left we're just getting somebody different and the very next day the like, new yeah, well, guy comes in and he's game. like if no, it's too no, weird yeah it's just like, like oh here. my god it's like wow so like they have no funding they're in the middle of yeah. making this game and tim tells this insane story of being like hey i have this friend in the industry uh, who made a successful video game or something or was very successful in the video game industry uh, so oh, and loan. Him, hey, yeah 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 he's like hey can i get a loan for like at least one payroll because he um he ha- was talking to this publisher and they're like yeah i think we want to sign this like we'll, we'll we i think we want to sign this we'll get the contract to you so he's like okay can i just get a loan of like a quarter of a million dollars just to get us through this payroll while this contract comes in. And he has a friend and the friend's like, sure. Gives him $250,000, which back in like early two thousands is basically like a million dollars. That's an insane amount
1: of money. Yeah. If you don't have that
0: like steady stream of corporate revenue. Yeah. That's insane. And then, the con like the people who were supposed to give them the contract for psychonauts one pulled out. They just stopped answering. So Tim Schafer's like, uh, I'm on the hook for $250,000. We have all these people. And he literally tells the people like he's about to, he tells the people, Hey, like we can't pay you anymore. Like we can, you can stick around. We can help you with the resumes. We can't pay you anymore. And like miraculously they find, they secure the funding like right before they have to, Fire right with
1: everybody. majesco coming through that story is like one of the most wild publishing stories and then it's wild that like looking at double finds history the fact that like they had not that to that extreme but they keep having publisher issues like through mm-hmm. and through throughout their career and it's just it's insane because their games have always been good and always been high quality but until mm-hmm. they were acquired by microsoft it never really felt like they had that like job security at yeah, least that's 100%. how I haven't gotten to the point where they've been acquired yet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to, to see kind of how that unfolds, because mm-hmm. like we said, like the curtains pulled back, we get to see everything. And it's been interesting to see, like, even with that first episode, they talk about like the publishers that passed on Psychonauts and the publishers yeah. that like they approached and it's just like mm-hmm. they don't bleep anything out. They're throwing yeah. out names. They talk about exactly. I will say one publisher
0: did get bleeped out one publisher uh on one episode i'm at i don't know what episode it was but they're like they say pretty much every publisher name except one person one company gets bleeped out for some reason
1: i remember they talked about like i think that was in reference was that in reference to psychonauts one or two because they talked about like annapurna and wb i don't know both of those passed on i believe it was psychonauts two
0: did they i don't remember that that's crazy I don't remember I'm try- hearing yeah, that. Yeah,
1: I got it, the, it it's pretty wild, just like all the all the stuff that they they just put mm. totally on blast. And then in addition to that, like on this whole character beat, like seeing the team members like seeing the creative process is very interesting yeah. to me because like we both work in corporate environments where we have like Mm -hmm. stand-up meetings and we have discussions about things and like Mm -hmm. just seeing that process within this like artistic space is very interesting to me and like Mm -hmm. when people disagree like how they navigate that and it's it's for all eyes to see in this documentary so it's kind of an interesting bird's eye view
0: and before because i do want to get back to that and like how they end up coming to some ideas but it's kind of crazy to me to think like we're seeing this, we're seeing Double Fine, a very you know, well-established independent studio, well, formerly independent studio in the space, mm-hmm. getting passed on by these publishers, X, Y, and Z. It just makes me wonder what stories are there out there where a game had a ton of promise, but they just could not pull together the pitch for a publisher to sign it before they ran out of money. There have to be those stories out there where we we lost out on basically, you know, Psychonauts 2 level quality games just because they couldn't pull it together in the short time or convince somebody to sign them, man. It's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, it, it it's pretty wild. Or I think about projects like I believe it was a Lord of the Rings game that um the it's the I think it's the White Council It was the like supposed to be this crazy open world Skyrim level RPG set in Elder Scrolls universe and like how they essentially (laughs) had playable builds. It was going great. And then they lost the license and things like that, too, of just like Game Informer. It was their cover story and they had to pull their cover story right before the holiday break back in the day. This was in like the early 2000s. But I think about stories like that, to your point, that like we just don't really know about mm-hmm. or and there are like games out there that maybe builds exist maybe announcement trailers exist and we would have no idea
0: yeah oh man like it's it's so interesting like even like they have the small stint where they have knots vr rhombus of ruin and they're making it for playstation and even that journey like just to see the intense like the intenseness of trying to make these deadlines where they're like they're coming up with this idea and they're like this is not very fun like and then they're slowly building it up and eventually it gets to a state where it's like wait this is awesome this is one of the best VR games out so
1: i i'm like right in the thick of that right now like they're i think approaching wrapping up development on that title but mm-hmm. the tension of like the lead designer left who's gonna take over the project yeah. <laughs> and then they they bring in two studio veterans who have never led a project before but they're ready for the challenge even though they're scared and like the tension between them and tim Schafer of like he comes in with a crazy idea and make it work and they're like fuck this is gonna like destroy our lives and then they they yeah. make it work and it ends up being amazing but like yeah that creative process it's just wild to just at some points it feels like i shouldn't be watching this but yeah. you are yeah. you know what i mean not in like an yeah. uncomfortable way but just in like a wow they're just really going for it and i you gotta respect it
0: yeah it very much rings very true like this might be one of the first documentaries that i like I'm looking at and I'm like oh yeah this is very similar to environments that I've worked in whether it's like my mm. current work environment or teams I've worked on previously or at internships it's like yeah this is kind of how stuff happens not the creative process cuz typically when in like corporate software development we kind of know the the sure. idea we're just implementing but it's kind of like hey we do not have enough time, and this person, like, our manager wants this person to work on this project, but we need them here, but this project is right. slipping, so, like, what is going to happen? You see happen? everyone's
1: like, perspective simultaneously as the viewer, yeah. it's just like, oh, fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I like that the documentary, like it sets the stakes. Like the stakes are very real. It's very dramatic, but it's not over dramatized. It's like, this is just sure. the situation. Like, yeah, we do need to hit these deadlines and it's kind of a big deal. But if we, sometimes they, they do slip a little bit and they're like, Hey, it's okay. But we need to pick up the speed. Um, I like that. It's very, it feels very authentic. Yeah. One more. No, for sure. One more thing I want to talk about is yeah. like the brainstorming ideas. Like, um, so, I think one of my favorite parts about this documentary so far is having played Psychonauts 2 from start to finish and enjoying it so much. Um, Being able to see how basically every piece of that game was conceptualized and knowing the end result and seeing where they started is super fun. Um, Like... I, I'm. I don't want to spoil anything for you as you're watching the documentary. But even just like you said, when they got the new lead designer and they're starting to put idea, like they have hundreds of sticky notes on like this idea board, and you're like, oh, right. I remember that idea. That that idea makes it in. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 really fun. I really like that part.
1: Yeah, I love the like like you said those brainstorming meetings where they have that light bulb moment where they're like, well. Or even in reference to the first game, they're like, wait, what if we went into other people's brains and it's like mind blown that (laughs) like unlocks the key to the the game as a franchise. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 very, very cool to see kind of the creative process come together and also like the order of things of like, okay, so they didn't really have the full narrative until like after the announcement of the game, after Mm -hmm. like they had a lot of gameplay ideas first like just kind of seeing how they approach that sort of thing because i think i imagine each game studio is different and how they kind of tackle that pre-production brainstorming phase Mm -hmm. so that that was super cool
0: like even like it reminded me this it reminded me of listening to the last of us 2 tv show podcast Mm. where um this recent episode, episode five or whatever of the actual TV show, I listened to the Mm -hmm. podcast related to it. And they were basically like, Hey, yeah, like this was like one. I I don't I think he was like, this is like one of the first things we shot. And it's always kind of weird to me to think, Oh yeah, these actors that have never worked together, just start filming the middle scene first where they have the least chemistry. And like the first episode might be like one of the last things they filmed, which is just weird to think about. Um, There are a lot of moments in this documentary where it's like, Oh, like we're gonna start with this level first, which is not the first. It's just some random level, like near the end of the game. You're like, oh, okay. And it's it's really really cool to see like once you get a a couple episodes deeper, you'll start to see, oh, like this is the original idea for this brain world, but the the world that they ended on is so far not so far away, but pretty far away from their initial concept. And there's one level in particular that's one of my favorite levels um the cooking the cooking level oh yeah the yeah, yeah. the origin for this level blew my mind when like i like there's a moment in the show or in the documentary where you're like no way this is it this is the origin and like all the youtube comments are like i cannot believe this is where this level idea came from so like it's very cool to see Double Fine's creative process and I'm very curious of like um studio other acclaimed studios like Naughty Dog how do they how do they um brainstorm is it all Neil Druckmann with the ideas and sure. saying make this a reality or or what they do
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you based on watching this documentary what other studios would you want to see their creative process
0: Uh I think one would be Naughty Dog, just because they are have some are some of the best storytellers for in the sure. industry. But um, I think another one would be Insomniac, because they are yeah. so efficient with how they put out games, uh, and their games are also really polished, really fun. Um, I would like to see how they manage to be so efficient.
1: Yeah, that's a good good poll. I would love an insight into Nintendo's development studios because i feel like they're the ones who like we would i don't think there's ever a world where we get like this in depth of a look at say the development of a new mario or zelda title but wouldn't it be cool to have had a look like i want to know what the pitch meetings after breath of the wild were to get to Mm tears of the kingdom or like how did they start to approach that process creatively like that would be really really interesting
0: yeah, it's pretty another kind of parallel is like Sakurai has his YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, and he does give like some some very small sneak peeks of like how Smash came to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's also very, it's just another very cool behind the curtain thing of him being like, hey, yeah, we need to make a game. Uh, so we had this one like arena fighter and we had this like one robot game. And yep. I decided to do the arena fighter and the... Like idea of using Nintendo characters didn't come in until a little bit later, and he was talking about it's how wild. Uh, he showed the game to legal or whatever, and they were like, "No, we cannot have our, <laughs> our IPs just beating each other up." And then eventually, when they played it, they were like, "Okay, okay, we'll do it." But that, that That's stuff awesome. is just super funny to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, that stuff is great.
0: Um, I'm I'm wondering, is there any other studio? Is there an indie studio that I'd like to see?
1: The most obvious one I feel like exists with um, the Noclip documentary that they did for Hades with Supergiant.
0: Oh, I didn't see that.
1: Oh, really? So I that was a cool... That. that Honestly, aside from the Double Fine stuff, that's probably my favorite game dev doc because that's one where they, they filmed it in tandem with development. So like Whoa. leading into early access, making adjustments through early access, 1.0 launch game of the year reception and whatnot i think it's Mm -hmm. like five or six parts um but yeah that one's super cool as well and another fun one to see kind of a modern studio and how they approached early access because for me that was one of the first like early access titles that i was like really following from announcement to launch so Mm -hmm. it was cool to see that angle too so highly recommend that one for folks if they're enjoying the double fine stuff I think it's something called Developing Hell is oh, the, the name. Yeah, good
0: yeah. Good name, good name. Uh something that's interesting to me is like I'm like two player productions is I think the name of the group that are making this Psychonauts documentary or player two productions. Something about yep. two players. Um so you will hear from our lawyers that's who goes to player <laughs> player, so we will need to shut that down. But they're like, Yeah, we filmed this over six years or whatever. I'm like how? What is the what is the Who's financial fund, structure? Who is funding of this? this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially like,
1: for Double Fine in those early years too. Maybe yeah, they, they just were like fans that were passionate about what they were doing and they scrapped I mean, together side projects and things. But yeah, it's it's wild for that amount of time to be as invested and involved. as I mean, because they
0: they're there every day. Like they're, they're embedded. This is yeah, their they're job. in
1: the thick of it. Yeah, yeah. They're so, like my. Micing people up. That's another whole element of like, (laughs) it's interesting of like which designers and programmers they choose to mic up for the day. Yeah. Like,
0: especially like once they really start ramping up on Psychonast 2 production, like the team grows quite a bit and you do focus on getting invested in some of the development members, but like in stand up, yep. I'm like that guy in the back there. I have not heard anything from that guy. Who is that guy? Like who like, are, am and that, I going to hear from him?
1: And then I'm over here. Like that guy moved to New York. Oh man, he should come back. He seems really talented. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, is he going to be the art director? Should I look up if he's the art director? Oh, I don't want to spoil it. Even though it's like a game I played two years ago and loved, but it's super, super
0: funny. It's so weird because I'm like, I am super weird about spoilers right now because I'm like, oh, like, I want to know, like, what happens to this guy or this person. Right,
1: or, right. Even though it's like that's out there. That information exists. It's not yeah. in a vacuum. <laughs> but
0: even like some levels where I'm like, I don't remember how this level actually looked. I'm like, do mm-hmm. I want to look it up? Like, yep, I, even though yep. I played through the level, I'm like, do I want to wait to see how it turns out? It's so dumb. But um, that's that's the making of a good documentary right there
1: it yeah it's a real fun ride for sure i can't wait to keep watching
0: yeah yeah so i mean if we haven't talked it up enough everybody go check out psych i mean i understand most people will not watch this documentary it's just far too long uh but i highly recommend at least just watching the first episode uh, it's a nice self-contained
1: episodes. yeah like even just to see the the stuff about just psychonauts one you can also like kind of pick and choose because the episode titles have like kind of a lead-in into what that episode is focusing on
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah uh so and i'm sure people will start recommending some of their favorite episodes on twitter and stuff like that so for sure um yeah i'm I'm very excited to watch more uh luke before we leave here do you have anything else you want to get off your chest you want to tell the people
1: get off my chest oof um nothing off the top of my head um listeners if you're attending PAX East in March I'll be hosting a video game music themed panel with a bunch of friends of the show it'll be a lot of fun it'll be streamed live on PAX's Twitch channel good vibes there otherwise not a whole lot going on I'm just kind of obsessed with this documentary (laughs) to be honest Yes,
0: yes how is Claire doing
1: Claire's doing really well. Um, it's looking like she won't have to go on strike. Um, she's oh, good, she's a middle good. school teacher right now, so they're doing some some bargaining with their school board right now, and it's been months in the making, but it's looking like they're gonna come to a resolution and not have to strike. So that's a win. Very nice. For, for I love
0: I love bargaining with the education system. Oh that's God, it's stuff.
1: the it's the worst, but hopefully something positive is going to come out of it and it won't result in striking which for those that aren't involved in the education system it's just it's it's brutal it's a it's a hard time for kids and teachers and everybody and yeah
0: it's a mess well with that we'll end on a bummer note i guess (laughs) (laughs) i mean so uh don't worry though because we have a great episode coming out tomorrow on friday to lift your spirits up Uh, with the uh, cool down episode and i want to thank you all for listening to player player if you enjoyed it please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice rate us five stars on itunes and tell your friends about us if you want updates about future episodes and giveaways or you just want to submit a question to the show just join the discord player player com slash discord all our social media links and stuff will be in the description below as always big shout out to aaron miller for the intro music, you can follow him at the Miller Child on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on social media as the Hootman, where the E is a three. You can find my former co-host, our as Paxo <laughs> on Twitter and Twitch, uh, or Arsin Lakpa on Instagram. And Luke, where can the people find you?
1: You can find me at Luke Warm Lewis on Twitter, and you can find my podcast, Luke Warm Games Podcast, at Luke Warm Games, and on all Let's your major the- podcast platforms
0: let's give the people a tease what was your last episode about and what is your next episode going to be about
1: our last episode we did a little valentine's themed episode for this week where we discussed the greatest love stories in video games so we talked about Ooh. everything from everlasting friendships to romance and we covered a lot of indie and triple a games so you'd be surprised what ended up on your list so everybody should go check okay, that one out okay. um our next episode is tbd a little bit kind of pending if i'm able to finish um we're hoping to re- review hi-fi rush soon on the show Ooh, with a couple special guests okay. so that'll either be this coming week or the following week so check okay. that one out if you want to hear my thoughts on that one
0: fantastic and guys if you didn't catch it luke's information will also be in the description below thank you all for coming by listening to the player player podcast Sans are sin uh as always uh we love you guys. Go watch the the Psychonauts documentary and uh have a good weekend. All right. Awesome. Very nice.